Hey, it's Tuesday. The new episode of Two Degrees Hotter is out. It's my favorite Gen Z lifestyle and self-development podcast. I'm on my way over. Let's listen to the latest episode. Hello, everyone. Happy bonjour. Tuesday. <laughs> oh, bonjour. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. <laughs> Welcome. Happy Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or whatever day you're listening to this episode, though I feel like most of you are listening on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. How's it going, everyone? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And did we say this is two degrees hotter? This is two degrees hotter. Yeah, it's the you morning. probably gathered that. If you made it this far, yeah. you probably understood where, you, where yeah. you're at. But just in case, and if you, two degrees hotter. If you're in the wrong spot, please <laughs> see the receptionist at the front. She can guide you. No, <laughs> please. Um, this is a morning recording session. I don't know if you can mm-hmm. tell. I was actually listening to what we said, and they were talking about how they've been told that people can tell when they record in the morning versus at night. Mm. And I'm like, I wonder if people can tell when we record in the morning versus at night. Yeah. I'm like, how do our personalities shift? I'm definitely I, – I generally have more personality as the day goes on, I would say. But – um, Yeah. But I feel like my personality kind of peaks at like 4 yeah, p.m. Like, oh, yeah. I was going to say like, like a 2 to 3 p.m. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Let us know. It is the morning. It is 7.55 a.m. on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And here we are ready to – give you guys a little travel recap. So I feel like this episode, I want it to be like, uh, you know, you get back from your trip and you're like hanging out with all your friends and telling them how it went. Like, I feel like I want, that's what I want this episode to be. So if you're planning a trip to London or the South of France anytime soon, we will obviously have some like more tactical recommendations, but hopefully even if you're not planning on going to either of those places, you enjoy just catching up with us because it actually has been quite a while since we've recorded. We did a lot of advanced recording in preparation for the trip. So now that we're back, we're ready to dive in, tell you what we've been up to. And we have some fun, I think we have some fun stories, fun anecdotes. So I think so too. Yeah, I'm excited. But before we do that, we're going to start with our segments and kick it off with the week in review. So this whole episode's like kind of our week in review, but to be fair, we have been back for a week today. So we got back last Thursday. So we have had a week here, but I don't think either of us have anything like incredibly compelling to share. Um, yeah. We've just kind of been getting back into the the swing of things, getting back into the swing of work. Um, and I will say, I feel like every time I go on a vacation, like my inbox is less crazy than it was the last time when I returned. Like I feel like Maybe because like my team has grown at work, it's just like easier for the workload to get managed while I'm out, which is really nice. Like I still had like over 200 emails, but it's better than it used to be. Like I used to be – it almost used to feel like the cost benefit of like taking a trip wasn't always worth it because coming back was so hard and now it's like definitely Mm -hmm. worth it. So that's nice. Um, Yeah. The only thing I really wanted to – mentioned was I listened to this podcast. It's I haven't really dug a lot into this account, but I got recommended it on YouTube. So I listened to this one. And it's the account's called The Confident Dancer. And it's about dance, but I think the sentiment applies in general. So I wanted to share it. But it was basically talking about how when adults like try ballet or like try to get into dance and they didn't have like dance training growing up or they're like getting back into it after a long time. She was talking about how like people can approach it with like 
people don't approach it with the mindset of thinking that they can learn things. They kind of approach it with like, oh, I'm I'm 25. It's too late for me to learn how to do, you know, whatever, a triple pirouette or like whatever skill you're interested in. It could be dance. It could be anything. And um, I thought it was interesting because the woman on the podcast like made some comment where she basically said, if you ask a kid if they play the violin, a kid would normally say like, oh, I've never tried before or like I haven't tried playing the violin yet or something like that. But if you ask an adult if they play the violin, usually they would say, no, I don't play the violin. <laughs> um, yeah. So I thought that oh, was like, interesting. Yeah. I thought that was like an interesting sentiment. And I was like, we should all – if you're like trying something new or like trying to learn a new skill or get into like a new crowd or like whatever it is, I feel like we – whether you know it or not, you probably have like limiting beliefs about like just being too late to it. That's going to yeah. be like a career switch or like anything. And so I feel like I just – I that like resonated with me a lot because I was like, that's so true. Like a kid would be like, oh, I've never tried before. But like an adult would be like, yeah. no. And so I thought that was interesting. So we should all be a little more like kids in conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> Heal your inner child. Thanks. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> yeah. For me, uh, also, I feel like my march – I'm like, not to be dramatic, but my march kind of sucked. Um it started good. It started with a trip. So I traveled, but then that trip resulted in me getting COVID, obviously. And then I just had some stuff in my personal life. And then I ended up getting a respiratory infection because of COVID. So my March, in a way, like felt like a bit of a wash. Like I was like, I'm just going to turn it off and turn it back on in April. Reset. Um, literally, full reboot. Um, and then obviously April came around and most of like the first half of April was preparing for this trip and then going on this trip. And now that we're back, um, I'm finally – I have like a good couple of weeks leading up to our dance show where I'm not traveling. Like I'm, you know, staying in one place for the most part and I'm just like excited to get back into a routine and like feel a little bit more – I don't know if like grounded is the right word, but you know how it can just feel like so chaotic when you just can't get back into your routine for like a significant amount of time. I'm excited to not have that like mm -hmm. chaos. <laughs> what I will say is I am a certified dumbass because I – if you had listened uh, to any of our previous episodes, you would know that I was planning on coming back from this trip on Thursday, the trip that Anya and I went on, on Thursday and then leaving for the Cape on Friday to hang out with some friends uh, for like my friends from college. And as it turns out, I put that in my calendar wrong. Uh, so I did not go – at the time we're recording this, this was last weekend. So I did not go to the Cape last weekend. I am going to the Cape this weekend, which is like the weekend before this episode comes out. Uh, so I do have one more little baby weekend trip before I'm like truly not traveling for a couple of weeks. But even the Cape, I'm like, that's just going to be like a – the only like inconvenience is packing and like being mm -hmm. out of my space. But it is going to be a relatively chill weekend. So I don't anticipate it completely throwing me off my rocker. But stay tuned. Who knows? But yeah, that was a – I what did I text you and Anna? I think I said something like I've never felt so like stupid and so relieved yeah. all at the same time. Because <laughs> well, like, on the one hand, I was like – I put this in my calendar wrong. Like, honestly, that's like such like bad move on me because what if I had like double booked myself or like mm -hmm. that was just a very stupid thing for me to do. But on the other hand, I was like, thank God 
I do yeah. not have to go to the Cape this weekend. I need the weekend to just like chill in my own space, get some enrichment time in my enclosure, and carry on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there was that was all funny, but I was like thinking the whole time that, like, knowing you had had this Cape trip coming up, I was like, how could this possibly be? the only convenient weekend for people because it was inconvenient for you and then also like one other person going in the sense that they had like a quick mm-hmm. turnaround so it makes a lot more sense this way but I'm glad you didn't end up it does double booking yourself because I could have seen us being like oh let's go to like some show or something like this weekend and then you would have yeah. like out some money or whatever so yeah glad it worked yeah. out so it worked out well and now it's you know when like you make one mistake and then you just like never make that mistake ever again in your life or is that like an anxiety thing um, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like whenever I like make a certain mistake like from then on out my brain is like you will never make this mistake ever yeah. again and I feel like that's what's gonna happen with this I'm gonna like quadruple check that I have the right dates in my calendar for anything from here on out. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard when you're adding something like so far in advance. Like, cause you probably added yeah. it like a couple, you know, weeks or months ago. And then, yeah, you come around and you're like, oh, yeah, surprise. All right. Well, that was a quick week in review. But like we said, this pretty much this whole episode is going to be our past few weeks in review. So let's mm-hmm. move on to our favorites. So I tried grocery delivery for the first time this past week because if you remember, I don't have a car right now. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And number one, I'm just, I'm not super comfortable driving my boyfriend's car. I'm sure I'll get more used to it, but it is a new car to him also. Like he got it in February. And so I just haven't spent a lot of time in it. And I have, I'm weird with cars like that. Like I know there's some people that just like, it literally doesn't matter. They could hop in any car and drive it and it makes no difference to them. Yeah. Especially like Boston driving is kind of crazy in general and yeah, never mind in like a new a new car that like I feel nervous about because like I don't want to, you know, scratch it or anything. So anyway, um, I'm sure I'll get over that fear. But in the meantime, I'm trying to avoid driving wh- until I get my own car. And I was really needing to go to Trader Joe's and like do a restock, but I was like, I don't really want to do this. We had just gotten back. I was too tired. And so I was like, let's try like Amazon Fresh. Like I've heard a lot about it. Let's see what the hype is. And so basically I just went on the Amazon Fresh section of the website. It is kind of like a different section than normal Amazon that you have to like navigate to. Um, But you literally just like search things, add them to your cart. It is a little annoying because it's not free delivery. There's like a service charge under a certain amount. If you get over $150, it's free. Um, But if you get like Less than 50, I think it was $10. If you get between 50 and 150, it was like $7 or something like that. Like it's not a huge amount, but there is like a little bit of a charge associated. And then you tip on top of that. But it was pretty nice. I added like like 20 things, like just kind of like general restock things like yogurt and eggs and milk and like all the things that we needed. And um, I ordered it kind of late on a Sunday. Like I think if I had done it earlier in the day, it could have even been like same day delivery. But I did it at like 6 on Sunday and then it got to my place at like 8.30 a.m. on Monday. And I was like, okay, nice. slay. And they had everything. I know sometimes that you run into the issue of like they didn't have what you asked for. So I don't know what happens in that situation. Yeah. It's it's not like Instacart in the sense that you're like in contact with the driver. Like I know on Instacart, they could like send you a picture of like alternatives and whatever and you could choose. It's yeah. not like that. So I don't know what would have happened if they didn't have eggs or whatever. But yeah, it was pretty good. It all – I thought it all came from Whole Foods. But I actually think it might come from like a variety of places – like a warehouse yeah. and a Whole Foods like intersection. I discovered or something. this. 
I discovered this um, actually when I, because I ha- got COVID so soon after coming back from Vegas, I had literally no food. And obviously, mm-hmm. I couldn't go to the grocery store because I needed to isolate. So I, I ended up doing Whole Foods delivery. But I had the same, like, I was swapping between, like, the Amazon Fresh and the Whole Foods. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. And I ended up doing Whole Foods because it just felt more familiar and more, yeah. like, foolproof. And I was like, I simply cannot have this go wrong or I will have a full Menti B. But yeah, I'm curious to try Amazon Fresh because I think it's probably – I think it's cheaper. Not necessarily from like a delivery charge, but yeah, each individual item is cheaper. Yeah. And so I think the reason that I thought that it was like a combined thing is because like there is a lot of like 365 items on there, like the Whole Foods brand, but Mm -hmm. there was also things that Whole Foods like definitely does not sell. Like there was like, you know, Cocoa Puffs and that kind of thing. And I was like, you definitely cannot get those at Whole Foods. Um, So yeah, pretty interesting. But overall, it was very easy. And I mentioned it to my boss because I had to grab them like right before we were going to get on a call. And she was like, oh, I've actually done grocery delivery like since COVID started. Like she was like, I did it when COVID was really bad because I didn't want to go to the store. And now it's just like something that I outsource. Like I haven't gone grocery shopping unless it's like a quick, you know, need it right away thing. She was like in like three years now. She was like, it's, it's in my opinion, like so worth saving the time. And I was like, yeah, honestly, I agree. Like you pay, you know, $10 between like the fee and the tips and whatever, but like if you value your time, you're definitely like one hour of your time is definitely worth over $10. So yeah, I might be converted. But the thing is with it, number one, Trader Joe's isn't on there. So I'm still going to have to make a Trader Joe's trip like occasionally because there's just things there that I need. And then number two is I realized while I was doing it that I kind of use the grocery store as like inspo for what I'm going to make. And you can't really do that yeah. On this forum, like I realize when I'm walking around the grocery store, I'll like see tacos and be like, oh, we should make tacos, like things like that. And you really need to know exactly what you need. Like you need to like literally search for like every individual item. So if you're like very much a list person that like sticks to your list, I think it's a good solution for you. But it might take a little bit of a learning curve for me to just know exactly what we need every time without like being visually yeah. prompted. But I could see it saving money because again, at the same time, you're not being like, oh, let me try this new random spread. Like, you know, you're not, you're not seeing things. You just have to like, you can't browse in the same way, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. If Trader Joe's did a delivery service, it would be over. (laughs) Well, I kind of wonder why they're not on like Instacart. I feel like that would be like in high demand, but I guess maybe they don't want you can tell when there's like Instacart people in the grocery store, I feel like, because they have like four carts and they're like buying for different people. So maybe they want to like avoid that experience in their stores. I don't know. Yeah. That's like the only thing I can think of. But especially like when I think of the Trader Joe's, um, I guess not necessarily closest to you, but closest to me, I'm like one person with four carts. That mm-hmm. would be anarchy. That would be the whole store. <laughs> you yeah. can barely you can barely walk around with a basket in that Trader yeah. Joe's. True. So. I think another thing is like with all the substitutions and stuff that need to happen in Instacart, like if you went to a normal grocery store and they were out of like a specific granola, they would just be like, oh, which of these other like 50 granolas do you want? But I guess at Trader Joe's, like if they're out of something, they're just kind of like out of something. I don't know. Yeah, that is a good point. But I don't know. I would love that. Joe, let us know. So yeah, <laughs> Joe, get on it. I'm like, what's Joe Biden's plan to get Trader Joe's on Instacart? That's so true. You want my vote in 2024? (laughs) Yeah. Here's what to do. (laughs) So for my favorite, I'm pretty sure I haven't talked about this. I've had it for a while and I had it for a while and I started using it a while back, but I did one of those fun things 
where I like bought – I think it was the last Sephora sale and I bought a couple of different like skincare items that were piquing my interest and started using them all at the same time. And then one of them disagreed with me or maybe a combination of two specific ones disagreed with me and I ended up breaking out a little bit. And so I stopped using this and I haven't used it for a while, but I decided to start using it again. And I number one, I definitely don't think this is what was causing any like irritation or breakouts. Um, and two, it like really gives glass skin effect. So it's the Summer Fridays Dream Oasis Deep Hydration Serum with hyaluronic acid and glycerin. And I really like it. Like I've used it a couple of times. I don't use it every day. But I use it when I use, you know, the Paula's Choice like exfoliator that comes in a little like black bottle that everyone loves. I've seen it, yeah. I use it on the days that I use that because obviously when you're exfoliating, it's a bit harsher on your skin. So your skin can use like a little extra moisture to help balance it out. Um, so I'll use it on those days. And every time I like look at my skin and I'm like, damn, like it looks really good. Like it really gives you that glow from within. Uh, it is pricey. It's $44, but it's like a decent bottle. I mean, I'll keep you guys updated on how long. I probably used it more or less five times the mm -hmm. like during the last period, like right after I got it. So I haven't used a ton of it. So this will be like a good test of how long this bottle lasts me if I start using it regularly. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I like it a lot. And it's unscented, which is so important my mm -hmm. sensitive skin girlies know the second i open a skincare product and i smell eucalyptus my like skin crawls i'm like no, yeah <laughs> this isn't gonna work <laughs> would you consider it like a morning item or a night item i use it at night i think you can okay. use it in the morning especially if you have like really dry skin i have like oily combo skin but I suspect that I may be one of those people that has oily skin because my skin's a little dry. You know how yeah, like I think same. Like it's overcompensating. Yeah. But like especially like in the winter, I'll get like chapped cheeks and stuff like that. So I would say I'm more combination skin, but if you have like true dry skin, you would probably love this morning and night. But mm -hmm. I just use it at night as like a to lock in the moisture, as the skincare gurus say. Okay. And who isn't Summer Fridays a celebrity brand? Or am I making that up? Whose brand is it? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I oh, I thought it up. was. I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, they're definitely – the influencer girlies love Summer Fridays. Lauren Ireland. Lauren got her start as a blogger just as the influencer industry started taking off with her best friend, Mariana Hewitt. Lauren yes. founded Summer Fridays. Mariana Hewitt is the one I know. But doesn't she own something else too? I don't or know. am I thinking of Summer Fridays? I'm like, and now to Google Mariana. Hewitt. Yeah, I think it's kind of like a Glossier story because Glossier was also um, she was a blogger first. Oh no, I'm just thinking of Summer Fridays. Wow. All right. Girl so boss. there's a little history for you. And if you don't know, Summer Fridays makes my all-time favorite lip balm ever. It's again, it's pricey, but they're I think they're just called like the lip butter bombs. Um, yeah. Are the best lip balms I've ever used in my life. I love them so much. I will repurchase I do have one until I die. On its way to me right now. We'll see when it arrives. Ugh. I got the uh, vanilla vanilla beige or something. It's like the nude mm. tinted one. I think Weirdly, I own all but two of them, and one of them is vanilla beige. But I want to mm -hmm. add it to my to my regimen. And then I don't own the poppy one, which is like the coral one. But I don't necessarily love how like because they're tinted. Yeah, and I don't love how coral looks at me it's just not like my favorite lip color so i have like a little sample of it 
because back during the holidays, they had a really nice kit that had the full-size clear vanilla and then three minis of, at the time it was vanilla beige, the brown sugar one and then the coral one. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I've used it a couple times and I'm like, this just isn't my shade, but the formula is bad. Yeah. So if you're a coral girly, get it. I just feel like coral is very limited time for me. Like I feel like it's only fun yeah. in like summer on like specific occasions and then I just never yeah. would wear it any other time. Yeah. So. But I will say I did turn Anna on to the lip balms. Yeah. Her I and know. I went to Sephora after our photo works shoot and she was like it, the sale was going on. She was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. You rave about it. And then she texted me a couple days later and she was like, I have to admit. Well, we, I went, love to this the, thing. Um, we went to the New Danko show later that day and she yeah. pulled it out and I was like, I was like, that's new to you. She was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I, I smell Kylie lurking. Even when she isn't here, she's here. <laughs> Omnipotent, as we've said. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick ad break and then we'll be back with our travel recap, some story times, and definitely be ready to take notes if either of these places are on your bucket list. And they should be. And they should be on your bucket list. If you know anything about our show, you know Anya and I really prioritize our health, sustainability, and building a community around the things that young women go through. That's why we feel so lucky to have met and interviewed Katie Diasty in 2020, a Gen Z entrepreneur, overall badass, and founder of Viv for Your V, who we are so proud to partner with on this episode. Viv is an earth-friendly period care subscription brand created to bring sustainable and clean products to the hands of menstruators. Something crazy that I personally didn't know is that the average menstrual pad is equal to about four plastic bags and can take up to 800 years to break down. Yeah, and this is a big deal because a menstruator can use anywhere from 5,000 and 15,000 disposable period care products in their cycle's lifetime. And at any time, 800 million menstruators are on their period right now. That's why we feel really great about using Viv's bamboo-based products. Bamboo uses a quarter the amount of water, less land and fertilizers, and is naturally hypoallergenic, breathable, and actually more absorbent than cotton. It's so crazy to know that with every Viv box, you can save 643 pounds of CO2, 607 gallons of water, and 48 plastic bags from entering a landfill. Another problem that Viv is solving for is access to products when you need them the most. I think we can all relate to having that oh shit moment and realizing you're going to have to make a CVS run on top of all the things you're already dealing with. With their subscription-based model, it's so easy to choose how often you want your products delivered and have them on hand so you can conquer more. They have products for every type of period, from pads and liners to tampons and even menstrual cups. Viv totally converted me to a cup user. I love that it's zero waste, reusable, and lasts up to 10 years. Plus, the ring on their cup is a total game changer. You guys have to try it. We personally feel amazing about the way we're treating our bodies, the planet, and supporting a clean, sustainable, and women and minority-owned business all at the same time. Use the code and the link in our bio to shop the Viv website with 20% off, and definitely check out our episode with Katie to learn even more. And now, hotties, back to the episode. All right, we're back. I'm actually drinking the tea from Harrods, appropriately, my vanilla black tea. It's really good. I would be interested to see if you can get it online or something comparable, but Mm. I'm a vanilla tea girl, and this delivers, so... Nice. First of all, I guess we could start with like the story of our group because it's like a little yeah, it's a little interesting. We didn't all know each other yeah. before the trip, so our friend Anna was kind of like the central glue figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the yeah. way this trip came about in general was, I saw on Instagram that Dermot Kennedy and Noah Kahan were touring together. Noah was opening for Dermot on his UK tour, and I mm-hmm. said, "This is the most iconic duo." And so I Instagram DM'd it to her, like sent her a screenshot or something. And I was like, so we're going. But I was like joking because, you know, this was in London and we live in Boston. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And she was like, actually bet. And so then we like started talking about it. And I wouldn't say that 
the concert was like our whole reason for going. Like I feel like a lot of people were like, you're like, that's so dramatic. You're traveling so far just to like see a concert. It wasn't like the full reason we were going, but it was like the catalyst to plan a greater trip. Like I think we would have wanted to go on some trip during this time frame anyway. And so it just kind of like decided the dates and like the initial location on our behalf. So Well, and bear in mind that like this all started happening right after Anya and I got back from Portugal too. So you know like mm-hmm. the post-travel itch. Like you get back from traveling and like for a week you're happy just like being back in your space and in your routine. And then all of a sudden you're like, but it was really nice traveling. Yeah. And, I, and there's other places I want to go. And so this like happened at that exact moment where you and I were having that like itch of like, well, where else are we going to go? So we were mm-hmm. like, here it is, <laughs> a yeah. trip opportunity. And we took it. And we took it. So – it was the three of us originally, and then Anna had yeah. two friends from college that also really liked Dermot Kennedy, and so she like extended mm-hmm. it to them. They ended up joining in two, so it was a group of five of us, and we all knew two other people, or we all knew three. How does this work? <laughs> there was like we a all group knew- of two, a group of two, and then Anna in the middle who knew everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we all knew two other people. Yeah, on the trip. Yeah, two prior two. Yeah, so. Yeah. But I will say, like, I wasn't I wasn't worried because, like, I knew Anna no. wouldn't put us with people that, like, we wouldn't get along with. But at the same time, I was like, this is a little bit of a risk. Like, I yeah. thought I would like them as people, but I was like, what if we don't have, like, the same, like, travel style or, like, some people yeah. you know, don't like to walk quite as much or maybe don't want to go to a museum or, like, want to do this or that. And so I was, like, thinking we might not spend all the time together if that were to be the case, like if people had different preferences. Like yeah. I just wasn't really sure going in like how much time the whole group would like be together. But I feel like it was a very like perfect match in the sense that like we all had the same yeah. interests and like we were all very like – we all had good attitudes, which I think is important because like when you're yeah. traveling, even though you're like so happy to be there, sometimes you can just like hit a wall of like you're really tired, you've been walking a lot and like tensions can kind of just get high for like no reason I feel like sometimes. Um, and so – that like never happened. Like I feel like we were all very on the same page. So we got really lucky there. Yeah, for sure. And I think we all were very respectful of like what other people Mm -hmm. wanted to do. Like kind of to your point, like we all had similar enough interests that even if like going to the Tate Modern Museum wasn't on my list of things to do, like when someone mentioned that that's what they wanted to do, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, let's go and do that. And like I felt like the things that I wanted to do were like respected and prioritized and yeah, yeah, it just was like a good – it was a good group for sure. Yeah. And we all like – even Anna said this, like I feel like the two other girls like matched up to our personalities well in the sense of like one girl, Alyssa, and I like were pretty similar and then you and Carolyn were pretty similar. So it just like worked out because obviously like we got along with our respective like parallel universe selves (laughs) and then like we knew that because they were similar to us like I would get along with Carolyn because I get along with you and like same thing with you and Alyssa Mm -hmm. um so it yeah it just was like a good it was a good meshing of personalities for sure Anna really said I'm gonna take my college besties I'm gonna copy and paste them and I'm gonna (laughs) find them in Boston yeah And um, I think this is a good suggestion. If you're like traveling with a big group, whether you know them or not, I kind of feel like each of us got like – we were all aware that each of us had like a priority of some sort that we like really wanted to do. And so like we made sure to like 
touch on what everyone's priority was. So like, for example, like Alyssa really wanted to see a specific play that we'll get into. And like, we all got on board and like went and saw that play. I really wanted to make sure that I had like a jewelry souvenir from some point in the trip. So like everyone was down to like browse different jewelry stores with me, even if they didn't want to buy jewelry, like that kind of thing. So I think just like having some sort of conversation about like, this is my, this is my like Mount Rushmore of what I want to do. And <laughs> yeah. like respecting everyone's Mount Rushmore, even if it's not yours, I think was like important. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So yeah. Anyways, that was the group. It went really well. I would say I would be down to get the group back together and travel again. We all live in different locations, yeah. unfortunately. So it's not like we're going to like reunite super often, but like when the opportunity yeah. arises, I think we would all be down, which is nice. Um, we arrived on a Thursday morning. So we took like a red eye from Boston that left Wednesday night, got in really early morning Thursday. So it was like a very long day to like stay awake and like catch up with the jet lag. Um, but we were able to check into our Airbnb right away, which is really nice. We stayed in Kensington, um, which at first I was like, I felt like it wasn't, it wasn't where I had stayed in London before. And so to me, it felt a little off path. Like I was like, I, w- I thought we'd kind of like leave for the day and then like never really come back until the end of the day. But in reality, it was actually pretty convenient to like everything. So I don't know why yeah. I had that perception. Like it was right near the circle line, which like kind of gets you everywhere. So um, I would yeah. recommend our Airbnb. I guess we'll link our Airbnbs below if you're traveling in a group of like a bigger group because this is like a three bedroom uh, Airbnb. Mm-hmm. But she was very cute. She was like a townhouse kind of situation, like two floor yeah. thing. Um, and we stayed on the bottom floor and then there were two rooms on the main floor. Um, and so I was like trying to remember just like generally what we did this day, but I feel like we just like did a big, like walking tour basically. Right. Yeah. We basically, we walked, we got in by the time we all were like, well, I guess we met up with Carolyn at the three of us met up with Carolyn at the airport and then we all, Headed to the Airbnb because Alyssa's flight was coming in a bit later. So we were able to like check in. And then we just kind of like, I can't even remember where we walked to while waiting for Alyssa to arrive. I think it was Kensington Palace. Or was she already there for that? No, I don't think she was there for that. Yeah. Yeah. So we walked to Kensington Palace, saw that, and then ended up circling back to the Airbnb to meet up with Alyssa. And then from there, we just went up. I think we got on the tube and went to like Big Ben, London mm-hmm. Eye area, which I didn't realize how close Big Ben and London Eye mm-hmm. were to each other. But yeah, so we saw that. Uh, Alyssa and I went on the London Eye because it was Alyssa and I's first time in London. Everyone else had been to London and had done the London Eye. And it is a little pricey. and It's, it's like dumb expensive. <laughs> Yeah. And it's not – I don't want to say it's, like, anticlimactic. Like, I think it's an important thing to do on your first trip to London mm-hmm. just to, like, say you did it. And also, like, now that I've done it, I have no interest in doing it again. Right. So you get how we felt. Like, we were, like, gonna do yeah. it. And then you guys went to the bathroom. Ironically, the two people that were gonna go on it went to the bathroom and we were all buying tickets. We were like, we're just gonna buy two tickets because, like, we don't want to do this, but we know they do. And so we just handed you guys <laughs> yeah. the tickets. We were like, go, have fun. <laughs> like, see you in 30 yeah. minutes. And- <laughs> Yeah, and bear in mind that Alyssa and I had just met each other like two hours, two hours prior. Ago. Yeah. And then we're in a on a Ferris wheel for 30 minutes, just yeah. the two of us together. Which we honestly we had a great time. We took a photo together. <laughs> yeah. And like bought the, it. So. The ones that like they take. Yeah. 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 So it was it was a lot of fun. Um and I think it was like a good like break the ice, like get all like the awkward, like, so 
yeah. tell me about yourself type of conversation out. But yeah, so that was fun. Um, I do, I need to talk about very briefly Shrek's adventure. Because oh, I just, yes. I think it's criminally <laughs> under discussed. <laughs> there is, it, this is brand new. Infra- like I did not know until I was staring Shrek in the eyes. There is like a full indoor, it was labeled online as an amusement park. Uh, we did not see the inside of this because Shrek's adventure was closed, unfortunately. Uh, but there's a whole Shrek themed amusement park, like literally right under the London Eye that has apparently been there for years. And I just have a couple of questions. The first is why uh, do like, is there like a unknown, I guess it wouldn't even be unknown. Is there like a significant Shrek fandom in London? What? I couldn't tell you. Huh? I literally was looking up like is, because I think DreamWorks is what mm-hmm. is like the company that produced it. And I was looking up like, oh, DreamWorks must be like a British based production company like that's the only thing that makes sense no it's american why are we in the swamp (laughs) i don't understand and it's like a beautiful building that's like the weird part too it's like a it's like a beautiful like waterfront building and it's shrek's adventure so i have london explain so (laughs) many questions i have so many questions i was just dying i wish more than anything that it was open just to like peek into the lobby and get mm-hmm. get a whiff of of Shrek's adventure. What is Shrek? What what happens in there? Oh. I bet you could look up like a vlog. I bet there's a oh. vlog in Shrek's adventure somewhere out there. Hell yeah! All right, that's what I'm doing today. But yeah, so we did not go to Shrek's adventure, but we did see Shrek's adventure. Um, and if you are from London or know a lot about London, and you can give me any explanation on Shrek's adventure, real or otherwise, um, please do. Because yeah. I have so many questions. And then after that, we – or maybe it was before that. I'm getting a little confused, but whatever. We got food at Dishoom, which I think is like mm-hmm. a small chain. I think there are multiple locations in London, but I think we went to like the main location, um, which was in this like historic building. So it's an Indian restaurant, and it was it was pretty phenomenal. It was pretty good. It was – yeah. It was very good. Uh, the non bread, fire. I th- yeah. I think about it. Most days now. <laughs> I'm like, well, wow. And it's funny because I posted uh, like a London story and Grant's sister-in-law messaged me and she was like, you have to go to Dishoom. And I was like, been there, done that, baby. And I yes, agree. You're like, just did? Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. And I think not only was like the food really good, but they had such an extensive drink menu of both oh, yeah. like alcoholic and non-alcoholic drinks. Like the three of us, me, you and Anna got all like non-alcoholic Mm-hmm. drinks and they were like so fun, fun yeah yeah they like embraced the uh yeah they embraced beverage culture for sure which i always appreciate but yeah so we did that and then i feel like we did like we ended up staying up relatively i don't want to say like late because i think we didn't go to bed until like 10 30 11 which isn't that late mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things but considering that we were all jet lagged uh and had taken like red eyes the day before we ended up like staying up pretty late which was good i think it helped us yeah like get on the right clock yeah one of the girls we were traveling with had a friend that was in london so we like met oh, her for a drink right. yeah yeah back but good for us yeah we like stayed up the whole day after arriving which i think is a good reset 
Yeah. Um, this episode is going to be so helpful for me. I feel like when I travel, I like can list all the things that happened, but I forget the order in which they happened that I'm like, this is good. <laughs> this would be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and in general, the weather in London was pretty consistent all the days we were there. It was yeah. like in the 50s and like occasionally drizzling, but it was never like significant downpour. Yeah. Um, which I think is like appropriate for yeah. April. Like it was a little chilly at times, but like nothing crazy. So if yeah. you are going, just know that. Yeah. And we should mention too, since we met um, one of the girl's friends, we initially were going to meet her at one bar. Like they oh, were yeah. like, uh, Alyssa was telling us like, oh yeah, like she said we should meet her at, I don't even remember what the bar was called, at this bar. And we're like, yeah, sure. So we get there and there's like, we can see it's like a restaurant. So we're like, oh, there's going to be like six of us. And he was like, oh, we can't fit six of us up here, but you guys can go downstairs to the bar and, like, meet there. And we were like, okay. And we walked down the stairs, and little do we know that we're just in a full club. Like, full yeah, on. Like, we, like, get to the door, and there's, like, a, a muted, like, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and we open it, and it's just, like, the full, like, colored strobe lights. Dua Lipa is blasting from yeah. <laughs> the speakers. Like, blasting. And they were uh, Alyssa wanted to meet up with this friend to like catch up with her because she lived in London and so like it was an opportunity for them to see each other after not seeing each other for a while and we were all like you're not going to be able to get a single word in yeah <laughs> Dula Peep is getting all of her words in yeah um so that we, and of course like we were all jet lagged and we're all just looking at each other like we, do we not can't belong do this. here yeah. <laughs> so yeah that was funny and then Friday came around, and this was, like, our, like, worst weather day. But, again, it wasn't anything crazy. Yeah. It was just, like, raining a little more. Um, so we went to Tate Modern. Well, we got breakfast first, and then we went to Tate Modern, um, which is, like, their contemporary art museum, the big one there. Um, yeah. And, like, I I appreciated it, but I think there's only so much modern art you can take in and really – <laughs> like appreciate you know yeah well our biggest qualm was that there were no seats at Tate yeah like, you know that's how, true like museums have like benches in the middle of like specific like gallery rooms there were there were no benches it, it was a full walking you know fiasco mm -hmm. um and I feel like of anything like modern and contemporary art like you actually need to like look at it and like think about what the art like one of the pieces for example was just like a tower of like old radios stacked mm -hmm. all up and it's like okay i could stand there for 30 seconds and be like cool yeah radios huh? <laughs> or i could sit and like actually and like read, read the little the placard yeah. and think about like what exactly this means or like try to like tune in to some of like what the radios are saying and it's like when you're walking and you're tired and you just you you just see the cool radios and you go, nice, good yeah. job. And then you move on. So, yeah. But I did – I found it – I thought it was cool. They had a stellar gift shop. At yeah, Modern, the gift shop I was fire. Say. Yeah. It's a little uh, – I mean, people that are actually from London could, like, speak better to this. To me, it felt like it was a little bit out of the way from, like, other things we were doing. Yeah. Um, But I don't really have a sense for, like, geographically where we were, to be fair. Um. But yeah, so we did that and then we went to Borough Market. So that was fun to see um, a London market. And like to me, 
it was the term market is used loosely. Like I think historically that was true, but at this point it's basically just like all these like pop-up restaurants and like stores. Like they're pretty like established. Uh, it's not like little vendors. It's like big stores um, that are all in one place. So that was really cool. I don't, did any of us buy anything? I don't think so. I think we just window shopped. We got like food and drinks, but. Yeah. Yeah. We got little treats. Um, we got, we went to this like cidery and got cider flights. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, because there wasn't – I don't even think there were really any, like, goods being mm-hmm. sold. It was – Borough is mainly, like, food and drink. Camden, I think, is the one that has more goods. We didn't make it to Camden, which I'm okay with, knowing that, like, I do, in theory, want to go back to London at some point. Like, I'm, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, that'll be a next time thing. Um, but I I still feel like we got the, like – at least the market experience, like the environmental experience through Burrow. Yeah. Camden's like much more out of the way, so it just never made sense in our yeah. limited itinerary, but next time. Yeah. And then this was the day that we went to the concert. So Yes. So we, we went to the we went to the O2. We took yeah, the two. So there. we did that. Um Yeah. Uh, O2 also really out of the way. <laughs> yes, but that makes sense to me because it's like you can't really have a giant yeah. stadium. I say that, but then like TD Garden is like actually close to stuff. So maybe you can, <laughs> but I wasn't yeah, surprised by but it. But they don't. For whatever reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, It was really easy to get there on the tube though. Like once you were on it, you'd kind of yeah. just like ride to like the almost the end of a line. Um, And it's very clear like which stop is the O2. Like there's like signage everywhere and everything. Um, And we, the O2 is an enigma because it is not just a arena, but it is like a full mall, like yeah. fully a mall around it which I didn't know. Yeah. Like, picture, like, Patriot's Place kind of vibes, I guess. And, but, like, um, indoor. Because Patriot's yeah. Place is, like, an outdoor thing that's, like, technically separate from Gillette. Like, it's not attached. Like, yeah. the O2 is, like, landlocked by, like, a yeah. ring of mall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was unexpected. But we had booked a reservation at this place called Slug and Lettuce. And we went there. <laughs> Still the weirdest name. And overall, a pretty weird experience. But it was it was good. It was what we needed before the concert. Um, yeah, yeah, like I was satisfied by what we got, but I was so <laughs> mad because they had such fun drinks and one of them was called I carried a watermelon. It was supposed to come in a sparkly watermelon cup and it didn't. They just brought it in a regular old cup mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, it, like the drink was fine, but I was like, this would have tasted so much better coming out of a sparkly watermelon. <laughs> you know, you win Anyways. some, you lose some. Slug and lettuce. I would give it a seven out of ten. Yeah, that's Six what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, and then we made our way to the concert. We got there with lots of time for the opener because we had prioritized Noah just as much as Dermot, the main act. Um, and it was funny because we definitely were like the only people that really knew his music there. I mean, maybe a few people, but like for the most part, like people definitely weren't singing along the way they were to Dermot later on. Um, so it's like these New England girls, like screaming the lyrics to Noah's songs and everyone else just kind of like smiling and nodding. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was good. He did like a full a full yeah. set. Um, mm-hmm. Like I think he was on stage for like an hour. Uh, and he just rocked our socks. I mean. As expected. But. He pulled out. And honestly, it was cool to see. I don't know if you feel the same way, but it was cool to see him as an opener because I feel like I've only ever seen him at his own shows. Mm-hmm. Granted, like they've been smaller, but as an opener, I feel like I could tell that he was a little nervous. 
he was <laughs> like nervous, but also like taking risks. Like I, I feel like vocally he was like, fuck it. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah, like, that's true. With these notes and do with, do what he wants with them. He did. Yeah. <laughs> and do what he wants with me. He can. He can. <laughs> yeah. Agree. Um, yeah. It was really good. And what else was I going to say about Noah? I don't know. It was just a slay overall. That we love him. Yeah, we do love him. Uh, we had some gin and tonics, classic mm-hmm. as one that does. were. Yeah, but they were in fact hard to get. Uh, yeah, I mean difficult <laughs> as expected at, at any large venue. Yeah. Um, what I will say is that uh, me, Carolyn, and Alyssa went to go to the bathroom dur- between. Yeah, Noah I was going to get into sets. this. This is trauma, actually. This is trauma. So we left Anna and Anya, and we went. And we go and we get in what we think is the bathroom line. And we're standing there for a good like 15 minutes probably. And oh, this wait. line is – I remembered what I wanted to say about Noah. Should I say it now before oh. we move on? Yes, go. It was just that we had been at his – like we had been at his previously largest show, which was in Boston. And then this was his mm-hmm. most recently largest show in London. So that was just cool. Yeah. We're, yes. we're real fans. Yeah. But anyways, keep going. Which I'll, we'll, I'll circle back to that actually with this story. Um, so we waited in like – line for 15 minutes or something like that and the line's barely moving and we're like are people falling into the toilets like are they just getting like flushed up never to be seen again (laughs) and so carolyn is like let me go investigate she goes up and we realize that we had been standing in the bar line that whole Mm. time and not the bathroom line so now we get to the bathroom line it's significantly shorter uh we're like in and out in probably less than 10 minutes and but at this point we've wasted a significant amount of you were gone for like literally an hour (laughs) Yeah, it was insane. So now we're like, well, let's get back in the bar line. But again, the bar line is barely moving. We're like, we should have just stayed, like, kept one person in the bar line, sent one to the bathroom and, like, rotated like that. But it was so chaotic. Like, we just didn't think to do that. And so we're waiting and we're waiting in one bar line. And then there was, like, one bar, like, directly in front of us and one, like, a little off to the side, like, heading back towards the bathrooms. And we're waiting at the one that's directly in front of us, and we notice that the one off to the side, the line seems to be moving a bit faster, so we send Alyssa over to stand in that line, and we're like, let's, like, stay here, see, like, in the next five minutes how fast she moves, and then go. And at the same time, we're making friends with a lovely British woman behind us, and we see that Alyssa's moving faster. So we're like, okay, let's go. And we run over to that line and the British woman follows us and she goes, I'm your friends for the night. And we were like, hell yeah, you are. Get in line with us. So we're waiting in line with her. We're chatting. She ends up asking us like, what's what's your favorite gig you've ever been to? And I was like, I would love to tell you my favorite gig I've ever been to. Hers was the uh, U2. Oh, that's um, a good one. Yeah. And I told her that we had seen the opener Noah Khan at his like, biggest ever show at the time back in boston and now we're at his like new biggest show mm-hmm. um and i was like and i think that's a really cool full circle moment and she was like oh i love that i was like <laughs> i love you we never even found out her name throughout the rest of the trip we were we just kept giving her random like old people names we were like susan ann mm-hmm. you know mary jane she's just she, i hope she's having such a good day um, anyways, to keep the story finally, moving, people are like, for the love of yeah. God, get to the point. Um, we, <laughs> we finally Anna get and I have been, And Anna and I have literally been trying to defend the spot we were standing in for like over an hour. Like we're exhausted. We're on our yeah. feet. People are crushing in because like Dermot's about to come on. And so basically moral of the story is we lose each other in a very significant way. Yeah. No one has service in the O2 because it's an arena and 
for yeah. some reason, that's always the case, like in really crowded places. I don't really get the science, but whatever. And so we were, we couldn't find each other for the first 20 minutes of the concert in general, yeah. which was a little unfortunate because obviously we had all wanted to experience it together. But yeah, um, we we did eventually. I don't know if the details are even worth trying to convey, but basically like you guys went – we got kicked out of our original spot. So we found a new spot. We were trying to convey that we were in a new spot. You guys went back to the original spot. So we, we eventually all found each other. And it was fine, yeah. but it was a chaotic Which, situation. I will say my biggest piece of advice, if you lose someone at a concert, have go a to meeting Snapchat. Spot. Oh. We'll have a meeting spot. But if you if you don't have a meeting, if you end up in this exact mm-hmm. like situation where there isn't a contingency plan, go to Snapchat, take a just take a photo of the ground so it's black and write the names of the people mm-hmm. <laughs> that you're looking for and hold your phone up in the air so it's like above the crowd because yeah, I literally wrote Anna and Anya on my phone <laughs> and just held it up so that way as they were walking around they could see exactly like yeah. think of it like a chauffeur yeah and <laughs> that way like, like this is where they belong people weren't necessarily like thrilled to have us like crushing in but at least they knew that we like knew you and we were clearly like lost so they were a little more like accommodating yeah they were like we were like that's where yeah. we're trying to go <laughs> but um, yeah yeah it was pretty chaotic but Dermot was a sleigh um yeah he honestly so like he he was really into the like philosophical elements of his set. I feel like he did a lot yeah. of like talking and like speech yeah. giving. Um, yeah, and it's funny because um, apparently like encores are not the norm, or at least he didn't do an encore, which yeah. was like like he ended. Everyone was just, like walking out, and I was like, huh? Like, is this in the U.S.? It's like obvious that it. everyone's going to do an encore, but he didn't. So yeah. it's kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say I think our feet were happy that there wasn't an encore because yeah, we, were, we were all we pretty standing done for a while. And getting out was a nightmare, which we won't yeah. dive into too much. But essentially, it makes sense that when a venue is pretty far from anything else, the only way to get back is one one specific you know tube stop. So it was just like absolute mayhem Hundreds trying to get people, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, oh, what if we walked to the next stop on either end? And it was they were both somehow like an hour away, which still makes no sense to me. Um, yeah. So just know, like, be prepared if you're ever going to the O2 that the yeah. end of the night is going to be pretty chaotic. chaotic. <laughs> like, I think if we had been mentally prepared, we'd all be like, okay, but we just weren't. Yeah. So that was funny. But that was the concert. So check on the main reason we were there. And then um, on Saturday, this was our last like full day in London. So we did just kind of a little bit of like window shopping, walked around like the main shopping streets. I don't yeah. even honestly know what streets we were on, but you no, know, I don't either. The main ones. Yeah. Wait, what'd you say? Or I don't know why I said old niece. Yeah, I was like, wait, no. <laughs> I, it's because I looked down at Nice and then I was like, that's not right. <laughs> but yeah, wrong. like uh, Regent Street. That's what I was okay, thinking. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that. And then um, we had made a reservation at Sketch Tea like months yeah. ago. So we did their afternoon tea reservation for five. Yeah. Um, and Sketch is a fever dream. And I knew it would be, <laughs> but it really is. Like from the outside, it looks so classy and like unsuspecting. Yeah. And then you go in and it's like, crazy decor and you're like okay and then there's like people playing like bridgerton violin <laughs> and then the bathroom eggs are just something else like you just i look it hated up. that look it up if you don't know what we're talking about but it was really something yeah i'm a sketch bathroom hater first in a human second that was such a horrific experience i didn't mind it that much honestly it was weird how they had the maid like dra- actually dressed as a maid like i was like it's a little far but that's um, weird i didn't like the co-ed situation that's call true, me yeah. 
What's like the opposite of a misogynist? Like what's a misogynist towards a man? Call me a- I don't know. Manogynist. <laughs> but I'd, I don't want to pee in close proximity to a man that I don't know. Yeah, anymore. that's fair. Um, But yeah, but overall, like it was very good. Yeah. Very good. Uh, and they fill you. Yeah. It was way more food than any of us were expecting. But we did good. We all tried at least a bite of everything, which yeah. I'm, I'm proud of. Um, but towards the end, we were like, and that's the end of that. <laughs> it was just a lot. Like, I was expecting a pretty balance of sweet and savory. And it was like, it was like 20% savory and 80% sweet. And, I, and that's just not how I like to eat. So I was like kind of struggling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was all really good. And the they were very accommodating because we had varying dietary restrictions in our group so yeah. it was funny it was like a riddle like he was like you can have this but you can't have this and you can have this and so um yeah. in general i would say in london everyone was very good with dietary restrictions in nice yeah. like not so much but we'll get to that and then we went to the national gallery just for a quick visit like we weren't trying to see everything it's a humongous place but we just kind of looked up what are like the main things you should see and like went straight there which i think was good i think we would have overextended ourselves if we tried to yeah. see more yeah. Um, but the National Gallery is like more classic uh, art. So if that's more your speed than yeah. Tate Modern, just like be aware. Mm-hmm. It's free too, which is nice. All the museums are free pretty yeah. much. So that's huge. Yeah. And then walking back from the National Gallery, <laughs> Anna goes – Anna gets an email that our flight to Nice the next day got canceled. We were like, hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. But I will say like getting back to the group thing, like no one – no one panicked. Like no one freaked out. We were yeah. all like, we there this there will be a solution. Like it was like a good Yeah. You know. Yeah. It was it was good. Um and so what ended up happening was we actually ended up being able to get on like an hour earlier flight. I bet our flight was just like not full enough for them to run it or whatever. Yeah. Um, which ended up being good in the end. So we were like, Okay, universe, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. It ended up all working out and yeah, none of us panicked. We were all good. Um, And I think it worked out. I think it helped that we were like already walking back to the Airbnb to regroup before going to Mm -hmm. see the play because we were like, okay, this is fine. Like we're literally two minutes from the Airbnb and we'll just get there and get on our laptops and book another flight and it'll be fine. And that's exactly what happened. But yeah, but then we went back to the Airbnb, freshened up a little bit uh, got our flights situated and went and saw a streetcar named Desire in the West End with Paul Mezcal, who you may know from Normal People or his failed engagement to Phoebe Bridgers. Um, <laughs> but uh, we all – so this was a play that uh, Alyssa really wanted to see. Alyssa's a huge Paul Mezcal fan and she was like, we have to see this. But we were all kind of hesitant. This was like the first time we were having a conversation where we were like, maybe not all of us will go and see this. Like, definitely not, like, you know, preventing Alyssa from seeing it if that's what she wants to do. But we were a little hesitant. The tickets were kind of expensive. Um, And so we were trying to decide. But I think we both ended up just being like, eh, like, when in London. Yeah. They were, like, Like, Hamilton-level expensive. Like, they were pretty expensive. But – yeah. And I didn't know much about it going in. And so I was like, oh, I don't know if this is going to be worth it. But I think we all were glad that we ended up going in the end because yeah. it was like an amazing production. And I was worried because I hadn't really seen a true play in a long time. Same. Like I had seen mostly like yeah. musicals or like dance performances. And so with those, I'm like, even if I get bored, like there's like dance to keep me entertained. But, yeah. Um, so I was a little worried that it would be just speaking, but like it 
they, they never lost me. It, like, was, it was very entertaining. Yeah. yeah. It was so good. The entire cast was so talented. Mm-hmm. Um, Because I also wondered, like, and I guess maybe this is, like, more my biased, like, perspective, but, like, obviously I knew of Paul Mezcal, and so I was kind of like, oh, I wonder if he's going to, like, stand out as, like, mm-hmm. the best performer, but, like, I would, I, he did an amazing job, and also, like, everyone else was at that same caliber. Um, Yeah, it so funny. it's just, I was going to say, it's funny, because um, they, it takes place in, like, where Louisiana or something or Mississippi yeah, like in the Orleans, American South and yeah. um they all have British accents so it was funny to hear them have to do yeah. a southern accent they were pretty good but it was just, yeah I thought that was ironic yeah, yeah but um Paul Mezcal man I get it he's yeah <laughs> I truly yeah, I something it. else and like his character's not a good one like <laughs> no very bad <laughs> Incredibly but bad. We were like unpacking. We were like, why do we still like him? Even though he's like yeah. a villain. We were like, hmm, okay, we'll think about that one later. <laughs> he's literally like running around like a bear, like in a full <laughs> primal like attack on his wife. <laughs> and we're all like, that was pretty we're good. Like, I'm not lie. <laughs> um so yeah, it was really good. It's it's a it's not like a happy show, so like be aware of no. that. Like it's not like a it's not Hamilton-esque, like it's not like super entertaining or like glitzy or anything like that. Like it's pretty uh Yeah. Heavy dark, yeah, but it was really good. And then afterwards, we were kind of just like in the West End area. We were like, let's stay out a bit. Which, first of all, I think Carolyn was saying this has changed post COVID, but I'm like, the London Londoners are not late night people, clearly. Yeah. Because we tried to go to a bunch of bars and they all kicked us out at like 1130. <laughs> we were like, um. Yeah. And yeah, I've always been under the impression, let me know. I'm like, please DM us on Instagram if you have heard of a Pim's Cup. I've always been under the impression that a Pimm's Cup is a pretty token British cocktail. Like the way – like I always thought like sangria is to Spain as Pimm's Cup is to England. That yeah. was just my perception. I've had a Pimm's Cup here. You can get it. But like I wanted to get one there. And no one has heard of a Pimm's Cup. Huh? Like multiple bars could not make me a Pimm's Cup. And so yeah. it was just a, a very strange occurrence. Um, and so we ended up – yeah. asking a lot of British people in our circles. And apparently it's kind of like an older drink. Like it's like more like mm. our parents' generation would have enjoyed. But I'm like, to not even know what it is, come on. Come yeah. on. Don't embarrass like, me like that. Because <laughs> a Pim's cup is made with like Pim's liqueur. Yeah. So I'm like, you've never even heard of like the liqueur? Yeah. You're a bartender and you don't know what Pim's is? <laughs> yeah. It was bizarre. Very odd. So don't be expecting uh, Pim's cups in London apparently. Yeah. Yeah. And if you find them, let us know what bars you (laughs) found them at um but yeah and then moving into sunday uh this was a travel day so we ended up getting brunch uh at this place called megan's which was like similarly chaotic to slug and lettuce but in like a different way a lot of our restaurant Um, experiences were just chaotic yeah which like in the restaurant's defense like sort of like you said there was a lot of like dietary restrictions and like preferences in our group but like the place we went to for brunch at one point the waitress goes this is really hard <laughs> yeah we were all like which like you should okay not say. yeah no you should not it was like her first day on the job i think or like one of her first days because she was training and we were like hmm especially because she said it to you know anya and i are dietary like restrictions are truly preferences like if mm-hmm. we ended up getting served meat or eating meat like we would be fine but 
two of the girls had like legitimate allergies and it's like they don't like if carolyn could eat tomatoes she would but like she can't (laughs) she will go into anaphylactic shock um so yeah so that was interesting the food was like good it was mediterranean style brunch um but it was just a lot and we had all our suitcases it was chaos uh, but then we got to the airport and we flew to Nice. Uh, Heathrow is public enemy number one because yeah. I lost many a toiletries to Heathrow Airport. Yeah, but. well, I just don't understand. They have like much more aggressive liquids policy than any other airport I've ever been to. And so they make you fit it all into one clear plastic bag that they give you. Like it's a pretty small mm-hmm. size and you can only have one. And yeah, it's just like stupid. I don't really understand. Yeah. I feel like I get the plastic bag thing. Like they want to be able to see it, but I'm like, why are you restricted to just one? Cause you're allowed to have as yeah. many three ounce liquids as you want in, at other airports. So yeah, we had yeah. to like throw out things, which was not ideal. But um, yeah, other than that, the flight was pretty straightforward. The rescheduled yeah, pretty flight. easy. Um, it's only like an hour and a half, which if I was an hour and a half from Nice in my daily life, I would be there like every weekend. Um, yeah, because it was amazing. So we landed, we took the tram to our Airbnb, which like wasn't in old Nice or like wasn't super like centrally located, but it's such a small city. Like we ended up walking everywhere anyway. So like it was not an issue at all. We'll also link that, um, Airbnb. It had really beautiful like facades inside. Like the ceilings were painted. Facades. Um, I was talking to Zach the other day and I was like, they had like the ceiling paintings and I was like, what are those called? Yeah. And he was like a mural. And I was like, no, there's a name for it when it's on the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And I was like a fresco. And then I was like, no, that's something different. That's like not a facade thank you mm-hmm. okay yes it was they had like the facades and then the, but it was like juxtaposed with like modern like decor Furniture. yeah yeah uh but it was it was a very nice airbnb um and yeah i think a good location overall mm-hmm. but yeah and then we walked to i'm gonna butcher it la plonger yeah i think it means like the diver or something <laughs> i'm like the plunger <laughs> <laughs> Which is, um, you might have seen it. It's like a pretty viral restaurant, but it's like on a cliffside, yeah. like over the water in Nice. Um, and we went like at kind of sunset time. So it was yeah. really cool because we could kind of see the ocean. And then by the end of our meal, we like kind of couldn't. Um, but it was still a really good view. And it's an expensive restaurant. It's like the most expensive meal we had there probably, but definitely still not anything crazy. Like our entrees were like 40 in the $40 range. Um, but mm-hmm. for like such a beautiful location, like I thought that was totally reasonable so yeah yeah and this was like the one dinner that we like really splurged on Um, yeah i would say the rest were like all pretty like comparable to what we would spend here yeah for dinner um i found nice to be cheaper than london in general yeah um yeah i agree london's just an expensive city but in in nice the weather wasn't predicted to be amazing but it ended up being amazing like it it said there was like a chance of rain every day and then it was just sunny never rained it was like it says it said it was like 65 but it always felt way warmer than that yeah um but the uv wasn't that high it was just like chef's kiss um yeah very nice weather yeah and then on monday we kind of just explored strolled around nice climbed up this like big mountain to like the palace with like an overview of like the whole city and everything um Mm -hmm. and we had booked a perfume workshop which was fun and this was just I don't know what uh, Sasha would call herself, a perfumer, 
make perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she was like a perfume expert. And we had like a little lesson with like a literal PowerPoint about like the origin yeah. of perfumes and like the origin of some scents that you might not know about. Like, for example, one of like the main notes in Chanel number no. five is from like the anal glands of like a beaver, the more you know. Um, yeah. And we were able to make our own perfume that was like based on a base fragrance. So like you picked kind of like – there were like eight base fragrances that you could pick your yeah. preference and then like customize from there, which I thought was a good way to do it because otherwise it would have been like really overwhelming. But there were literally yeah. like 40 like tinctures on the table of like essential oils that you could add and like make your own fragrance. Um mm-hmm. And she was very honest about things that would go well together and things that wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. And she was very, like, she was very good about, like, the maturation of the scent. Like, she would have you mm-hmm. spray the base and she would, like, smell it on initial spray and then, like, 10 minutes later smell it and be like, okay, like, I think on your skin, like, these notes would, like, be really nice. And then, like, you would add those notes and she'd smell it again and be like, oh, like, maybe like add this if you were like oh i'm smelling it but i want it to be like a bit like fresher or brighter she would be like okay this would go well um if you want to add that and she, so it was just her constantly like smelling our arms very mm-hmm. in depth and being like all right <laughs> and add this i will say i think i i nailed my formula the fastest i basically had like the base and then added uh dark chocolate and blackberry and she literally goes, oh, that is so, like, cute and sweet. And I was like, excellent. It's done. Cute and sweet. <laughs> yeah. And it was, was funny because she did warn not to wear scented things to the workshop, obviously, which makes sense. Um, yeah. But I had worn an unscented sunscreen because I just need sunscreen. Like, I would have gotten a sunburn. And she, like, detected it on me. Like, she, like, was like, this isn't, yeah. like, maturing in the way I would expect. Like, it smells kind of metallic. Like, what could it be? And I was like, <gasps> it's my sunscreen because it has like zinc. So it made sense. It was kind <laughs> yeah. of interesting. Um, but we all left with like three ounce per- custom perfumes, which was a cool mm-hmm. experience. And you can like reorder it if you like yours, which is kind of fun yeah. also. Um, and then we swam, which was like probably questionable, but it was fun. Um, we were like the only ones yeah. that swam. People were probably like, yeah. these girls are crazy. Cause it was like, the water was like 58 degrees in the Mediterranean and the air yeah. temp was probably like 65 to 70 which is yeah. like that's basically as warm as the beach gets here in the summer anyway. So like it wasn't anything yeah. super foreign to like us New England girls, but like no one else was swimming. Um and we did find out there were like kind of these little floating like patches in the water and I assumed it was just like algae like seaweed, yeah. you know, how like the beach is. Um but yeah. then we found out later that they we were thought actually- they were condoms. <laughs> I never thought that. I, I really thought that they were like algae or something. That's what they looked like they to me. They kind of looked like condoms. But it turns out they were jellyfish. Um, yeah. Apparently there's a unusual population of blue button jellyfish in the Mediterranean right now. And yeah. I'm really glad none of us got stung. I bet all of those ones were dead because they were kind of like floating at the surface yeah. and like towards the shore. So, um, but that was kind of funny. We were like, maybe that's why no one's swimming. Oops. Yeah. Um, My bad. Yeah. But I like a cold water plunge to make you feel alive so that was nice yeah um and then on tuesday we did a day trip to monaco which is its own Mm -hmm. country a landlocked country within yeah uh france which is kind of interesting and it's a fever dream may say yeah it was a crazy place i must say yeah it's like if you've never been i think the best way to describe it is it's like a classier european vegas where Mm -hmm. Like, you don't pay taxes, 
and a bunch of rich people from all around the world flock to it. Um, and it's very like, I don't know if up and coming is the right word, but like they're doing a lot of building, like they're expanding onto the water a lot. Um, and yeah, and it's where the Monaco Grand Prix, if you're an F1 girly, mm-hmm. uh, as the name would suggest, it, the Grand Prix happens in Monaco. And so it's happening, I think it was like May 28th or something like that. So they were setting up for it while we were there. But I think, I don't know if you were the one that said this to me, but we were kind of saying how like if, you know, Mixed Monaco feelings. was great and I'm glad that we went. But like it was kind, of, it kind of sucked to have like all the construction going on mm-hmm. while we were like walking around, and we were like, oh, like it kind of stinks that we went so close to F one. But someone mentioned that like in Monaco, there's just kind of always construction because they're always like building, yeah. essentially. Um, so it sounds like no matter when we went, we probably would have had like a similar experience. Um, it is very like it's very pretty. There's a lot of you know beautiful views. Um. And like, learned a lot about Grace Kelly. A lot about Grace Kelly. The royal family in general. Yeah, yeah. There And like, there's so much drama with their yeah. royal family. It's truly entertaining. But it is one of those places, kind of like the London Eye. I'm like, I'm glad I did it. I'm not like going to go out of my way mm-hmm. to go back to Monaco, probably. But yeah. We did lose our money in the casino. We all lost like Yeah, so true. Yeah, it's yeah right. but that's okay. We did it. It's ten a ten dollar fun fee. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to get into the details, but I did have a really rude interaction in Monaco, which kind of ruined my day a little bit. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> like this girl was just so so unnecessarily mean to me, and I was like, "All right, like come on." <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, very beautiful. Glad we went. Got a lot some great pictures. Yeah. Um. And it's a really easy ride from Nice. It's only like twenty minutes on the train, so you should definitely check it out if you're in the south of France. Bucket list item. Yeah. And then on our last day on Wednesday, this was also a travel day, but we did a good job of like making the most of it in the morning. We went mm-hmm. to the flower market, which sells more than just flowers, but it's a lot of flowers. Um, yeah. And they sell like a lot of like lavender related stuff because that's like a big export. Um, so that was really pretty. There's like one main area of the town that is always where the market is, but like depending on the day of the mm-hmm. week, it's a different theme. So on Wednesday, it was flowers and that was very pretty. Um, and then we went to the Matisse Museum because that's where Matisse mm-hmm. is from and buried. And it's a little out of the way. That was like the furthest thing yeah. from where we were staying. Um, we d- we did Uber there. Yeah. It's out of the way and not – I hope this isn't a hot take. But kind of underwhelming. And it like mm-hmm. makes sense because most of his like most famous works are in other – museums but i feel like there was right now they had like a um i don't know if like collaboration is the right word or like pop-up exhibit exhibit. with a different yeah yeah, with a different artist and i almost felt like there's more work from that artist than yeah i think there definitely was matisse yeah but still like it it was it was a nice museum like it was a fun like low-key activity um and like it's cool that matisse was buried there they had like a nice like park where it mm-hmm. seemed like just like locals would like go and and hang out, play games. Um, so that was cool to see. And yeah, and then we Ubered back to like more of I don't know if downtown Nice is the right word, yeah. but like the central like city. Uh, and we 
they had like a couple of like beach restaurants that were like basically right on the sand. Uh, so we went to one of those and got a round of drinks. And it was like one of those moments where like we really only had time for one round. But like you could tell that all of us were like, we do not want to leave right yeah. now. Because, yeah, Nice is just so beautiful and it was so, like, the sun was out. It, like, was such nice weather. We're all drinking our St. Germain spritz, having a good time. Yeah. Um, But, alas, we had to hop on the train to get to the Nice airport. Um, Nice airport all around is just chaos at all times. Like, Heathrow is chaos with the liquids, but at least everything else, like, was smooth the Nice airport. <laughs> there Not were many sp- unexpected lines and issues, but we made it yeah. like a couple yeah. hours late, but we made it. And then we flew back to Boston the next day. Um, yeah. But yeah, I agree overall. Like I knew what to expect with London, but I think I was like even a little hesitant that we were adding the South of France because I was like, are we just trying to do too much in like a week? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was really glad that we went because it was like one of the most beautiful places and everything just smelled amazing and it was like all in bloom like it was just so nice and I would definitely love to go back and do a more relaxed trip like I think it was good because London was like fast-paced and Nice was a little slower paced but I would like to yeah stay in the south of France longer and like visit different cities someday maybe like for a honeymoon or something I think that would be really nice I was gonna say I think I've never thought about where I wanted to go on my honeymoon but like Nice Mm -hmm. shot up to like Okay, this is def. This would definitely be a top contender. To yeah, go to for a honeymoon, it would be great for that. It's a magical, um, magical place for sure. Yeah, French people are a little rude. I'm gonna be honest. If you're French, I'm so sorry, yeah. but you are a little rude, <laughs> at least yeah. to Americans. And I'm like, I get it. Like Americans suck, but also like I didn't choose this. Yeah, I don't, don't like, want to be this. <laughs> I think we try to not be annoying Americans like as much as we can. Yeah. And so just yeah. like to be trying and to still be treated shitty is kind of like, all right. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, but. if I had a like if I had a way to choose, believe me, I would not have chosen yeah. the United States of America. And but also alas. like, please don't pretend you don't need our tourism. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, tea. Tea, tea, um, anyways, but, anyways. but overall, like, there were nice French people too. But we just had yeah. a couple of interactions where we were like, "Come on, like you're just yeah. being rude for the sake of being rude." Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's that. Um, definitely. Like, if you have never been to London or Nice, um, or if they're on your list, highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, they London and Nice shot to the top of my list of favorite places. Mm-hmm. That I've been. I think I actually I was bored one day and I ranked them on my phone and I put Nice <laughs> as number one and London as number two and then like all the other places that I've been following. Um, but yeah, and I I think I said to you overall, I liked Nice more as like a vacation destination, like visiting. It's just so beautiful and stunning. But if like you like held a gun to my head and were like, you have to pick a European city that you've been to to live in, I would choose London. Yeah. Um, London feels so, more like the grind and it's more attainable. familiar and it's English yeah. speaking and whatever. Um, and then, yeah. yeah, Nice was just like, honestly, felt fake. Still feels fake. Yeah, still <laughs> feels fake. Um, but anyways. But yeah, it was a great trip. And whenever people ask me, like, since we've been back, how it was, and I was like, it was just so good. Like, even the things that, like, went, yeah. like, quote, unquote, wrong, like, were still good. Like, the flight getting canceled, we figured it out. It was for the best. Like, it was just yeah. a really great trip. So we're all like, same time next year? Yeah, literally. I'm like, <laughs> listen, Scotland, 
Ireland? Yeah. I would love to go do um, Edinburgh. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But if you've made it this far, this is one of our longer episodes in a while. Thanks for listening. Let us know if either of these places are on your bucket list or if you've been or your thoughts and whatnot. And you know what to do. You can follow us on Instagram, submit to our anonymous suggestion box, and we'll be back with more regularly scheduled content next week. Yes. We'll chat soon, hotties. Bye.